from the mouths of babes. Maybe 10, I don't know. Not much older than that. Those are the words we're hearing on our streets. We're actually hearing a lot of hate all over this country. Much of it against Jews. Not all of it, but much of it. And it's happening because it's allowed to happen. You know, we've had attacks on both uh, Muslim targets, far, far more on Jewish targets. And what we have not seen is a clear message of intolerance from any of our politicians who, you know, they don't want to offend votes. They don't want to, uh, you know, upset the spoils. We've also not heard from a lot of religious leaders. Normally when you have an event like what we saw on October 7th, you would see many of these faith leaders come together publicly to send a very clear message of unity. But as my next guest writes, if the Muslim leaders had spoken out against terrorism, their advocacy of the Palestinian cause would actually carry much more weight. Rahil Raza, a member of the Council of Muslims Against Anti-Semitism, joining me now. Great to have you, Rahil. Thank you. Good morning. Why did you write this? Why was it important for you to speak out um, and say something? Well, because um, I see all the propaganda that's going around initiated by Iran. And, uh, you know, you can't imagine the number of social media postings that I receive daily. Uh, But, um, you know, what is happening is that Hamas is trying to change the narrative. And we must be very, very clear Uh, You know, the truth is never offensive. I know that the leaders don't want to offend. But how can the truth be offensive? We have to very, very clearly say that, you know, in this tragedy, there are heroes and villains. Uh, The heroes, of course, are the 240 innocent hostages that Hamas took during the October 7th horrific attack on the Israeli population. And, of course, they must be returned without any argument, discussion, or deal as soon as possible. And the villains are Hamas. It's a terrorist organization, just like ISIS, Al-Qaeda, Islamic Jihad, just like the IRGC of Iran and its proxy, the Hezbollah. So how difficult is it to say this? Apparently it's very difficult. I mean, the prime minister has been asked many, many times, and he just will not list Iran as a terror regime, despite what Iran did to all the Canadian families aboard flight PS752, despite the fact that they've got hundreds of people here that shouldn't be here and who, you know, torment the, the local Iranian community, but they, they won't. It's very difficult. It's been very difficult for, for Mr. Trudeau to unequivocally, um, you know, condemn all the anti-Semitism. It's always with Islamophobia. Yes, and the two are not the same. And as a Muslim, I can tell you that, of course, we never ex- accept any kind of bigotry or hate or discrimination mm-hmm. against any community. But the anti-Semitism, which has gone through the roof and is over, you know, more than 100 percent increased since October 7th, you know, we've seen vandalization of um, Jewish-owned businesses. You know, we've seen students being targeted and attacked and abused and insulted. You know, in a country like Canada, what I would have liked to see is Hamas condemned by all. Mm -hmm. Empathy for the October 7th attack victims an urgent call for release of hostages, and then Jewish and Muslim leaders should come together and say, okay, let's look at the wider aspect of this problem and look at solutions. But in the meantime, we cannot accept hate and violence on our streets as a spillover from what is happening in the Middle East. 
Right. And, and you know, it, but it is. And I'm not sure. I mean, we didn't hear it during the Syria, um, you know, uh, killings of 700,000 civilians. There were Palestinians there. We don't hear this in other uh, wars like we no. do when Israel's no. involved. This, but is the, this, the, this is the irony. You know, when 9-11 happened, everyone unequivocally condemned al-Qaeda. So, you know, when ISIS happened, everyone condemned ISIS. But in this case, this is not happening. And, you know, there is a deafening silence. There is a lack of uh, leadership, especially in the Muslim community. And there is a lack of speaking the truth. Uh, you know, and Hamas, of course, has always wanted this. I mean, they have a powerful social media presence. And through their propaganda, they want to change the narrative and normalize mm-hmm. anti-Semitism. And we at the Council of Muslims Against Anti-Semitism will not allow this to happen. We are an entirely Muslim-run organization. And at this point in time, it's so important for the non-Jewish community to stand up in support and solidarity with our Jewish brothers and sisters and to speak out and say, you know, we are here to support you and we care and feel about the hostages. In all the narrative that's out there, by you know the, the 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 common masses, they don't even mention the hostages. No, never. It's a, a complete afterthought. But even Canada's special representative on combating Islamophobia, she has not condemned Hamas, um, and she talks about the protesters as if they're they're peaceful demonstrations. And I, I have to think, and you can tell me, Rahel is, um, you know, moderate mo- Muslims who came here and been here for a long time, they can't they can't be comfortable with this because they all get painted right they all will will, will end up getting the backlash. Yes, you're absolutely right. This does not mean that all Muslims feel this way. It's just that they're afraid because these protesters who are out in the streets, you know, they're like thugs. They are aggressive, they're harsh, they're violent, and everyone is afraid. The Jewish community is afraid and our hearts go out to them. And those Muslims who do speak out get a backlash. I've already started receiving hate mail. I mean, here. I'm already the recipient of a fatwa and a death threat and lawsuit, Mm -hmm. but added to that, uh, you know, I get hate mail for speaking out. So people are afraid. And, uh, you know, I think they need to put their fear behind them because we cannot be gullible and succumb to this outright propaganda. Because what it will do is they are trying to normalize and effectively and cleverly mainstream anti-Semitism. And we cannot allow that to happen. You know, the attacks are ongoing. Let me play Let me play you some audio that I think has taken a lot of people off guard. This is a student at uh, Durham uh, College, but take a listen to her comments. I support Hamas. History was made that day. Very proud of my people. Very, very proud. Would love it if they would do it again and again and again and again and again and again and again. No, they're not terrorists. So you've heard enough of that. Um, look, we have a whole generation, Rahil, uh, who are now turning Osama bin Laden into a misunderstood figure. They see Hamas as a, a resistor, not a terror regime. Some are pushing to to have it taken out as a terror regime. I mean, this is the world we're, we're in. H- how do you reach these young people? It's very difficult. It is very difficult because the counter-narrative is just not strong enough. Uh, you know, their propaganda machine has been working overtime. I mean, this is so frightening. What I just heard is so sad and frightening. But, you know, this is the mindset set of many young people. So it becomes imperative then 
for counter voices, for an alternate narrative. And that is what we are trying to provide. Trust me, every single day I'm either writing or speaking or uh, you know, talking to people because that counter narrative is very important. There's just not enough of it. You know, it's so clear. The fact is that, you know, Hamas is a terrorist organization. And how hard is it to say, say that, uh, you know, they launched an unprovoked attack in the atrocities, the, the barbaric way in which uh, they attacked and what they did is so gruesome that, you know, we can't even discuss it. Uh, you know, it, it, it shakes you to the core. So, uh, you know, but the fact that Hamas not only terrorizes Israeli civilians, but its own population as well in Gaza. So the suffering in Gaza is not entirely due to this war. This has been going on since Hamas took over. They've been using their own people as shields. And, uh, you know, they have been mistreating them when Israel left Gaza in 2005. The infrastructure was all set up and people said that Gaza could become the next Singapore. But what did Hamas do? They destroyed it and the billions of funding that they get from all over the world it's not used to build infrastructure or schools or hospitals or help the civilian population of Gaza. It's used to pump, uh, you know, uh, weapons mm-hmm. and the rockets that they used to fire against the Israeli civilian population. So, uh, you know, if people want to blank out what is really happened and start the narrative after the attack of October 7 and somehow make um, Hamas the victim instead of the perpetrators of this ghastly attack, then there's something obviously very wrong with that. Indeed there is. Well, let's see where this takes us, but it ain't for a lack of fighting on, on your behalf. I appreciate it, Rahel, Rahel. Thanks so much for coming on. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having Rahil Raza is a member of Council of Muslims Against Anti-Semitism. You can read her piece in the National Post. It's a terrific piece, basically just questioning, you know, why we have not come together, why, why Muslim leaders have not come together.